listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. And good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're running a little bit, uh, yeah, I don't know, about a half a pint behind on the coffee this morning. but we, we? We've got Mr. Steve Ronaldo in here and Mr. Weber is up uh, north, you said, somewhere. I think he said uh, his, his team's baseball meetings, ah, summer this, baseball meetings is where ah, I think Jim is. I'm the, not sure, but I think so. The big time. But uh, we're we're glad to have everybody uh, listening and the uh, folks that uh, come in. We got a, a bad report from Mr. Ronaldo regarding the uh, Thunderbird. I got a bad report regarding. Uh, I tell you how far behind I am, Steve. I, I uh, we'll talk about the Thunderbird in a minute, but I uh, started having a little bit of vibration in my my left front wheel and. And then it started making some noise, and I thought, oh, gee, I got a bearing going out. In your Explorer? Yeah, in the Explorer, the old Explorer. So, uh, you know, I don't bore people with the gory details of my weekend, last weekend, but I thought, well, you know, I I better go get this sucker checked. And so I I took it over to my – I do have a nice guy that I use, and I took it over to him, and uh, I'm thinking – you know, it's it's just a wheel bearing, and I didn't know how much longer it had, and and uh, so I, I wanted to find out how good I was for a few days, and so I take it to him, and he says, um, "Well, you're right," and I said, "Okay, well, you know, about what's that going to cost?" and and uh, he said, uh, "Well, I think it runs. I'll have to check, and I'll give you a good price when we get back, but I think it's in the neighborhood of around four, four and a quarter," and. He's driving my car, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, which car am I in? You know, what I've never heard of a wheel bearing car. I was figuring, you know, have it changed out maybe a hundred. It's not a wheel bearing. It ain't no wheel. It's no. the whole friggin' hub. Yep. Yeah. You have That's to read. Four wheel drive stuff is expensive. It's not four wheel though. It's it's all wheel drive, but it's not four wheel. But still, mm. it has a the, the front yeah. wheels are driving wheels. If it ain't one thing, it's something else. And I I just said, well, about how long is this before it goes into total cardiac arrest? And he said, well, you ought to have another month, month and a half. It's making noise uh, when you turn to the right a little bit or put pressure on it to the right. And uh, it's okay to the left. But he said, you know, I've seen them when they come in and. They're making so much noise that. Uh, and and I can tell you, as soon as he starts taking it apart, you're going to need a new a new CV joint. That's going to go. Okay, now this is my left. Is the right going to go shortly too, or probably more than likely? Is it just because of age? Yeah, it, yeah. How many you got? Well, you got like nine million miles on that. No, thing. it's a, it's got a hundred and fifty on it, I guess. That's you know it's 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 a lot. It's a yeah. lot. That's why when I I look at trucks and all I do is tow. I and here in the south we don't need four wheel drive. You know you don't yeah, need, you no. don't need that stuff. It's just more things to break. Well, it are broke. So you're saying when he gets into it, 
to replace You're probably planning on buying a new new front axle or new CV joints, getting them rebuilt. So I'll be lucky to get out of there for eight hundred, a thousand bucks. Yeah, probably. And if it was me, I would I would want if I'm planning to use this thing a little longer, I would probably go ahead and replace the CV joints anyway because you've got everything apart at that point. Why pay all the labor? To you're just going to have to go back in and redo everything anyway. The CV joints. Yeah, CV joints, front axles, whatever's cheapest. Usually they can get a rebuilt one. Hmm. That sort of allows it to turn. And if you take it apart, inside there's there's a cage with with balls in it that move, and it flexes. It allows the whole. It, it allows the, the the drive shaft to turn. It's sort of like a sophisticated universal joint. It's all sealed. Yeah. And and they're you know 150,000 is pretty good out of out of one of those but you're 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 due. I mean that car's due. Here here's my plan with the and and Leanne and I've talked about it my wife and I've talked about it. <clears throat> as soon as I get through with the other car that I just started on, I uh, uh, the Sonata, then I'm going to buy myself something uh, along the Sonata line somewhere in that neighborhood just to drive. I'm going to keep the Explorer only because it's very nice and handy to have it for picking up junk. Stuff. Yeah, doing stuff. stuff hauler. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it'll take a pretty good load. I, I, uh, a lot of friends at my age and your age, by the way, I realize I'm six months older than you, but anyway, much more mature and and stable. Heavens, yes. Yeah. But anyway, um, a lot of friends buy pickups, and I... I owned the pickup before pickups were popular to own. I own, I don't know how many of them. And I, I love a pickup, and it's the greatest thing to have when you need, but it's about as practical as tits on a boar hog. And, uh, you know, you just, I can do everything I need to do with my Explorer and my trailer. You know, if I need a, a heavy load, I take my trailer. If I need to pick up a bunch of stuff, I take my trailer. If it's just uh, plywood or something like that, the Explorer does fine. Yeah, it, it, it's what you do. Most people, you know, most people that have a pickup truck don't need it anyway. You know, running to Home Depot to get their fertilizer. Yeah. Is not, and it's a lot better. It keeps it dry a, in the, yeah, in the you Explorer. You don't need a Ram 2500 that gets two miles to a gallon. Yeah. Um, so. I just had our, our friend, Mr. Mr. Transmissional, our friend Lowell, go, again, we had... The check engine light came on on, on uh, my car on the last trip, and it it um, was a transmission solenoid. So he went back in, checked a bunch of stuff, did a couple things, and he says, "Hopefully, we got we have it now." Um, now, when it, when that light comes on, does it shut you down? Or? No, it depends. It can. It all depends on what the problem is. Hmm. Um, but before I tow again. Uh, there was a misfire code in there, so I need to new, do new cap. I don't know when I put spark plugs and, and stuff in that car. I have no idea when that was done. You do that yourself? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take long. <clears throat> well, so the report on the uh, T-Bird is? 
Well, it's just you know, it's not going to. I I don't I don't see how we're going on that tour next weekend in Flat Rock, North Carolina. And that's the car we were planning on taking. And our I'm at the point where it needs the top put on, and our top guy is probably <laughs> I have to call him later. Not going to. He broke his ankle. Um, had two pins or rods or something put in. And uh, so it's not going to get done. Tim Tim Hudson does that work for you? I didn't realize that. Who's Tim Hudson? The pitcher for the Braves that uh, I don't broke his ankle, and <laughs> I'm sure I had to have it pinned and all. No. <laughs> Absolutely no. <clears throat> I'm, no I'm, uh, I'm kidding. The uh, Speed Vision, uh, uh, kind of a couple things in the car car racing world. Um, Speed Vision is going away on on television. Huh. Speed TV is going away. It's being. It was bought by Fox. They're going to call it Sports One. And uh, so our access to to all of the 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 good shows that they had on Speed TV are gone. Uh, he said they're going to keep NASCAR. So I I wrote them yesterday. At, Said I, I appreciate you doing that. It's really nice that we're going to have another channel to watch a bunch of cretins run around and chase a ball or hit it with a stick and <laughs> have these intelligent conversations with people who have their degrees in sandbox management if they made it that far. Well, I tell you, you know, it's it's just like we were talking before the show. You. And uh, Fox isn't any different from anybody else. They play to the audience. And, uh, you know, that's that's the one thing that I've been able to do with this, with the station, is that uh, we play to a bunch of different audiences. And the audiences that aren't played to, like land surveyors and uh, uh, some of the gardening shows and some of the um, different women's shows that we do and medical shows that we do, People uh, and we're, we'll be starting a new one before long uh, that nobody is really playing to. So it, it, we may not be the greatest or biggest shakes in the world, but we try to give people what they want. And in some whole different. show devoted to prostate. Uh, no, we we have. <laughs> you had to say that after I had my physical. Well, this, I this just week. went too, and 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 they were concerned that I might have the beginnings of cancer, but they yeah. said no. Well, good. Congratulations. Um, I, uh, my physical said, uh, EKGs, so-so, uh, I mean, my EKG was fine, but as far as finding out anything and a stress test is still not the best thing, but the new CT scan, which that's what Bush had and that's what they, that's how they found the, the problem with his artery. So I go next week to, uh, get my C, my heart and CT scan of the. Is that something that we should all do? Yeah, and it's cheap. It's very cheap. It's uh, it's almost like he said. It's almost like uh, an X-ray, uh, but it it covers all of the heart and and it sees things that nothing else can, and uh, it's a hundred bucks. So you know, for a hundred bucks, uh, just to know that I haven't got a plugged artery is. Oh, I'm sure I have a plugged artery. No, you you have you have pizza in your arteries. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll, find, they'll find some pepperoni. Pepperoni yeah, plug in your stuck in, stuck in there. Yeah, it, it's probably not a bad idea for old guys to do every now and then. 
Yeah, I, you know, if they find something, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about it. But uh, you take one step at a time, I reckon, and uh, go get it done and, and see what happens. We, we have entertained people for the first 14 minutes, and we're going to take a quick break and talk about J.C. Taylor. We'll be back right after this. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the uh, prostate examination show. Well, oh, I mean, I the know, classic car I show. I know, but it's just one of these things that, you know, like they say, if every, every man lives long enough, you will die of prostate cancer. Yep. That's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, unless you get the sucker cut out or, or the seeds put in or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to even go. <laughs> that's, another, that's another fun-filled adventure for the future, I, I'm sure is is uh, uh, coming down the road. But anyway, uh, in the car w- world, there there have been a, a uh, um, couple of things in the recent uh, deal. The, the uh, one thing is one of the more famous guys that I knew in the antique car world just died Wednesday, Walt Seeley. He was the guy who restored the American underslungs. They're all very famous cars. Um, I I went with with Mr. C. He died. He was ninety two, almost ninety three. Uh, with Walt Seeley, myself, my father, and some other guys went down when he in Pennsylvania. He the Deemer family owned the underslungs and the deal was there's either four or five i can't remember that if he restored all of them he got to keep one well so i was i i could i'm somewhere between eight and ten years old is all i remember and helping them carry parts out to the trucks and trailers of of these cars these these underslungs and he kept a little blue-gray, I don't know if you want to call it a speedster or roadster or something, and it won every conceivable award that you can win, both in the United States and he even took it to Europe, and um, then he gave it to the Smithsonian. So uh, the the old car hobby lost one of the, the more eminent restorers, and and personalities uh, this past week. He was the one. Uh, I, I, he had a place called. Uh, uh, his his real business was a big used car lot. One of these. Mm. Remember, when kids used to be these monster used car lots. Oh, yeah. This would rival a car dealership, 
and his shop was in the back, and and uh, he had a button that you'd push because he was always in the back working on the antique cars, and then he'd come <laughs> out and talk to you. But anyway, when I did my first hot rod, which was a million years ago, he was the one that told me, when you grow up, you'll quit with that shit, and then you'll do real cars. That's <laughs> <laughs> him telling me that. And and so, you know, he was one of my father's contemporaries and all that stuff, so. Okay, well, obviously he hadn't been practicing his trade. No, he, you know, he'd been retired a long time. Um, did, his, did he have family, son, somebody that took over and has replaced mm-hmm. him, or? He, so, just, he just stopped. And so not only. Uh, but he gave away the underslung. It's in the Smithsonian yeah. collection, so. But it's like. Um, there again, we lost not only the man, but uh, what knowledge he had. Yeah, and he had stuff like Alan here is restoring an underslung now, and and he has tried and tried and tried to get and talk to Mister Seeley about the stuff. Now, what's going to happen with what literature and what he had? What's going to happen to this stuff? I have no idea. Where where this stuff will, uh, his collection of, of, and not what he has left. I don't know what he has left. He used to see him at Hershey every now and then. He'd, he'd still come up to a few years ago uh, and, and say hello. And he always remembered who I was. So, But he had that collection of stuff. And for people that, it's amazing. You talk about cars like American Underslungs. They still show up. You know, every now and then somebody will open Grandpa's old barn that he had, <laughs> and here will sit something like that. You know, so so they're still around, and I I hope he still has the information or has made it available to to uh, somebody. somebody. You know, th- yeah. this is the sad part of it, and <clears throat> that uh, in in my wife's family. Um, her father and grandfather were in unique businesses, and her her grandfather and and then my her grandfather or her father worked for her grandfather. And when they both died, the uh, brother was not interested in any part of it, you know, and uh, uh, even to the point that. Uh, he didn't even want to keep his uh, Lionel train, which at that point was an antique. You know, he just he backed the damn dumpster up to the to the house, and everything went. Uh, I mean, you know, it was it was. I don't know. I, I it was very sad, and you know, in in this in your friend's situation here, if, it would be sad to think, and it, but it's quite likely if he didn't have family, if. If he didn't have somebody that knew or knows what he had there or cared, you know, God knows what will be lost. It'll be gone and gone forever. And uh, that's that's a very sad scenario. We've gotten into this habit of everything's disposable and everything's built to be thrown away and people don't understand what the history is. And, And that would be very sad. Yeah, yeah, I, and and it it happened. It happens a lot. Who is? Oh, the guy who owned the biggest collection of Tuckers 
in the United States. Well, you know, the, uh, for those of you who don't know, Preston, it, it, just quickly, t- a, a very short Tucker's story. Preston Tucker. Well, had, no, the light on the Tucker. Wasn't it oh, the? Well, yeah. But the, Preston Tucker was the guy who designed the ball turrets for the bombers in World War II. That's how he made his initial fortune. And, of course, in World War II over, guess what? There was not a big demand for ball turrets for bombers anymore. <laughs> so, anyway, he was looking and, and he was sort of a car guy and, and he got into this. He was designed and built his own car. It's a very interesting car. It was built out of surplus parts. Had a lot of... S- safety features that nobody else had had, like a collapsible steering column. Uh, the glass would pop out. It was sealed, so if you hit the glass, it wouldn't shatter and hold it in place. It would pop out in front <laughs> of you, so you wouldn't get hurt. Seat belts, uh, and a lot of some of the aircraft stuff, like the knobs and things were hidden. But anyway, be that as may, there's, there's like two stories to Preston Tucker. One was a movie starring one of the Bridges kids. I don't know which one it was, where... Now, you got to remember, this is right after World War II. Ford, GM, and Chrysler, there was such a backlog order for cars, they couldn't make them fast enough. Because from 1940 to 45, they only made war stuff except for a few military and government staff vehicles. And they were, all, they had, they were just basic cars. No trim, no nothing. No shiny hubcaps here painted. Army green, or it's really goofy. But anyway, that they they were so threatened by Preston Tucker and his fifty cars that they they all sued him and put him out of business. That's the the sob story. The other story is, you choose, and nobody knows that he was such a con man that he got all of this stuff. Which he did got the factory, got all of this stuff. Um, on on uh, government surplus, they get these were these were uh, aircraft engines and helicopter engines that he got body pads. Why they look so weird? Uh, body panels and stuff from bombers. He made fifty cars, <laughs> and had these salesmen go out and sell people. And somebody was telling me we were talking about this the other day when I was talking about Camac, a doctor in their town bought the franchise <laughs> and then he declared bankruptcy and walked away with millions hmm. so you can believe the black knight or the white knight you take your choice hmm. <laughs> the tr- truth probably lies somewhere in the middle like it always does uh, with this but anyway they were very peculiar cars well this guy had the biggest collection including the tin goose the tin goose was number one and he had parts and in uh, in well, yeah, basically each car was customized because you didn't know what you were going to get, right? Well, they all started to look the same. The fifty that he had his salespeople go around and sign dealers up and stuff, they looked exactly the same. The Tin Goose was the the, the original prototype, but this guy had had all of the factory drawings. He had just tons and tons of stuff. Well, he just died. Not I think this year. But I know the state was settled, and everything went to AACA Library and Museum. Hmm. So they're going to build, and he was very well off, um, they're going to build a a Camac wing onto the museum to to house 
Oh, the Tucker stuff and the Tucker cars. So uh, this was obviously many, many years ago. How did he make his fortune afterwards, or did he make enough on the he con? He made enough on the car stuff that he just retired. <laughs> so, but, like I said, there, there, it's a very interesting story, Preston Tucker. Uh, there, there's there's these two distinct sides, and 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 I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but you got the. The, the hard thing that I find was when you watch the movie or you read the book Tucker, uh, they make it sound like General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler were so intimidated by Preston Tucker and his 50 cars that they, they put him out of business. Now, I find that really hard to believe. Was he uh, – was he uh uh, DeLorean's Minner? <laughs> no, but I do. I find that very, yeah. very hard to believe. Yeah, you know. Um. <laughs> but anyway, it makes a good story. Yeah, One way yeah. or the other, it makes a good story. The cars are really cool. We used to have two in Atlanta. There's only one left. In fact, I think there was three in Atlanta. Well, there was one out at Stone Mountain. One, the Stone Mountain Museum. Uh, when the Protzmans closed the museum, it was sold. Even not in super good condition, it brought a quarter million. Hmm. Uh, 48 or 49 of the 50 are counted for. Hmm. So there's, you know, nobody knows what happened to the other two. And like I said, they're probably sitting in, in Uncle Frank's barn. <laughs> and uh, someday somebody will run across them. Payday. Yeah, somebody someday somebody will run across them. But it, it was really nice of, of this guy to do that. And as we were just talking, all of the literature... Everything that he had, soft goods on on Tucker, are, are is now in their AACA library oh, that's, and available. That's good. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's the thing to do with that stuff. Sure. I, you know, some of these people have hoarded so much stuff. Um, you know, he, you and I've talked though, <clears throat> and I believe it was your your friend down in Florida. Um, that was dying or did die. No, no, he's still he, he 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 he's he's rallying strong. I talk to him every now and then. Yeah, Bill is still doing. Um, but had all the tools. Had all of the the KR Wilson yeah. stuff. And uh, you know, if, if I had any money at all, and I, it would be nice to have a museum of tools. You oh, know? there are there are. Uh, are there? Oh yeah, there is. But he's, I I got I have him pretty much convinced. To to um, try to donate them to the the either the the two schools the uh, um, one in Pennsylvania um, or the other automotive restoration program. To will they them. take them? And will they know what to do with them? Uh, yeah, because there's enough of it out there. You got to remember this. Every dealer had this stuff. Yeah. So it's not like this is a one of. There's this is one of millions, but it's a full set, and uh, uh, you know there's there's enough information out. There. Like I said, Care Wilson was the guy that supplied all the Ford tools, uh, I, even up through the early Ford V8 stuff. Well, on that, let's take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. As a realtor, I wanted to be more connected to my prospects and clients. I found that my amazing new mobile app provided this connection, and clients show they appreciate my mobile app with their loyalty. 
more loyalty, and more deals closed. But find out for yourself. Take a free test drive, available now, thesmartappsguy.com. Clients love this app, thesmartappsguy.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with Mr. Steve Ronaldo and uh, what you got in the in the paper. Oh, okay. This is the other thing I wanted to bring up. This was a week or so ago, and um, I don't know if you saw if if if, if you saw this this little short article has been all over the antique car hobby um, on on this that. Uh, um, about the people getting killed in their Model T? No, I did not say it. Uh, here you go. It's kind of an interesting deal. There's this big tour for Model Ts out in the West Coast, or out in the Central in the Mountain area uh, every year. And uh, nobody's exactly 100% sure what happened. But the thing is, you can if you look at this photograph... Uh, and if you, if you are interested in seeing a picture, it was all over any of the antique car sites about this thing happening. Uh, you can see that the one wheel is buckled. After actually, it's broke. And the, I, I, for the most part here, um, people don't don't uh, 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 understand all this stuff. But these are wooden wheeled cars. Model T's were wooden wheels. Okay. Uh, in 26 and 27, they had um, steel wire wheels. You could get steel wire wheels. But anyway, when they get them redone, the controversy is what wood to use and how to check the ones that are on your car. This, the the main the, the number one story is this is he had to pull off the road for whatever reason the wheel snapped it caught into a rut and the wire wheel I, I mean the wooden wheel actually broke the spokes broke and he rolled over uh, the other two people are still in the hospital from what I understand I think they're they're going to make it but he was he was crushed with the steering wheel the driver. Well, the question, the, the, the deal is, all of this misinformation and crap that's out on the Internet um, and aftermarket parts suppliers and all of this stuff, what should the spokes be made of? They all, they all of the, the wooden, and there's so many cars, early cars up to the uh, early, and even into the 30s that had um, wooden wheels. 
is is what do you what what wood do you use? Well, people say, well, you should use oak because it's the strongest. That's not true. Or you should use ash because it's the strongest. You're supposed to use hickory. Hickory is an open-grained wood where oak and ash are are closed-grain woods, and they don't flex; they mm. break. This car had had oak spokes on the wheel, so they snapped. And and so you're supposed to use hickory. Um, the hickory spokes cost a little more. But it's kind of interesting, in, and that this controversy even today still goes on, and parts suppliers will will sell this stuff, even knowing knowing that it's not correct for these cars. But hickory is the wood to use. Now I've had problems with my why wooden wheels. If I had to do it again, I would have gotten I would have gone to to McLaren. Uh, he makes Model T bolt on wire wheels, with, of course steel. I would have gone to those wheels, uh, but I have I have ni- like nineteen million dollars invested in wooden wheels, <laughs> and <laughs> I've had problems with mine. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> this accident or is does this mean that the uh, government's going to ban um, the classic car I'm, industry? I'm sure. And that, that we're, we're going to have NTSB a, whole, out and a whole bureaucracy to check wooden wheels on antique cars. I, I think we need to have a, a wooden wheel czar. They're going to put the IRS in charge. Yes, that, a wooden wheel czar, and a few, and a few, oh, maybe thirty, forty thousand inspectors <laughs> at at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars each. The czar should make five, six hundred thousand. Oh, absolutely. But uh, no, it's an interesting subject because if you take it in the broad, broad brushstroke, not just the wheels, but the the stuff that's out there, safety related, for uh, replacement parts, even on newer cars, that is being peddled as as the right stuff or good stuff. So anyway, if they could ever go back and prove this kind of a deal. Um, I, I, my, the, is there any responsibility on the part of the person that sold the spokes? If you could ever prove that somehow that they were from X part supplier, I don't know. I would certainly think that there's liability there somewhere, and sort of a wonder that some. <laughs> Attorney hadn't jumped all over it at that time. Not like an associate. Yeah, they're exactly. too busy doing helomeliomia. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so so it's a it's a very very interesting problem. Um, there've been, like I said, a lot of discussion on this subject in the on all of the forums, whether it's AACA or Horses Carriage or whoever it is. Um, about responsibility, is, is it the owner's responsibility to stipulate that you you only should have buy hickory spokes? I mean, I'm just using this as, a, as as an example in the the overall scheme of things, and and there's a lot of things like this. Okay, another one that sort of fits into the same area is the old, let's just say, wheels of 
even up into the 50s, before there were tubeless tires, or before there were radial tires available. There's a there's a group there's a big group of thought about that if your car if the wheels on your car uh, were not designed to support the flex and movement of a radial tire, that you shouldn't put radial tires on them. Oh, I think that makes sense. Because see, radial tires flex and 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 the strain now is shifted off of the sidewall of the tire because you keep the fl- on, on the old bias plies they roll i mean it was you were just, you you were if you went on a turn they rolled like this they moved where on a radial the tire footprint stays somewhat flat and all of the stress is moved from the sidewall up into the steel wheel and there have been accidents that have been in, that that have happened as a result of old wheels using radial tires. And this is another one that goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, you know, I, I would say that today, you know, we have the we've always had or supposedly had buyer beware and you know get a second opinion or whatever you want to call it. And I think, you know, I think the responsibility uh, should fall to the consumer in many ways. Uh, it's certainly going to happen with insurance in the next six months. Um, right, I, have story, I have a quick story about that, too. Uh, but I, I think the uh, – I, I think that with the information that is available, if nothing else, uh, the the consumer should be able to – Go to the internet or go to library, go to wherever, at least get enough information to ask questions. And when they are going to buy or when they're going to talk wood spokes or whatever, uh, be knowledgeable to the point that is this guy telling me the truth or is he conning me? Yeah, I, I it's that, but yeah, I, I agree there's, there's some, but also now, now, like, let's go back to the tire part, not the wheel part. Do you think that when you call and say you have a 36 Ford and and everybody knows that radial tires are, are, are safer and and they drive better than the old bias fly tires. There's a lot of kids today that have no idea what riding in a bias fly tire is like. I mean, there are probably more kids today that have no clue what a tire is, you know. <laughs> but... Because like in a bias fly tire, if the roads were grooved, you ain't turning out of that groove without considerable. I mean, it just it doesn't it doesn't do anything like new ones. But so you're gonna put you have a 36 Ford, and you want to you want to put radial tires on this thing. Do you, all right, so you call and I'm not you know you pick up you call Coker Tire, the the biggest tire supplier for antique cars. And you want wide white radials, and and. Do you think they should ask you, are you putting these on a stock rim? I think they should, yeah. <clears throat> and and then and then say, you know, you ought to probably consider some newer technology rims for these things. I I think so. And you look, you know, it's an interesting question, you know. Well, I I think the thing that you have to do is you're you're buying from quote unquote the biggest you're buying from quote unquote the experts in the industry yeah i i mean i would personally appreciate it if i don't feel like i'm being sold up or trying to be sold to 
But if I feel like I'm being informed, you know, information then, versus selling. Yeah, yeah, and if it, yeah. if uh, you know, give them, you know, you have a choice. But have you considered this? And this is why I'm throwing this out to you, because new technology shows, or you yeah, know. Yeah, the newer rooms are made to handle radios, yeah. and, and you know, there's a there's a if you don't. You know, I, not the odds of having a problem are infinitesimal. Putting putting old tires on a, a new tire, new, new radials on an old rim, it's almost non-existent. Especially if your tires are, if your rims are in good shape. If you're here in the south, we wouldn't have that problem. You'd have it more of a problem up north. Yeah, more um, expansion problems and rust and rust. Yeah, yeah. So, but any anyway, so it's just something to think about. And if you are interested in this, it's a, it's a very complicated subject. It's all over the internet now, and every time something tragic happens like this uh, with the Model T, um, the any kind of event, whether it's Model T or who knows what, uh, these things come up. And I, and and I don't I you know it's a shame that somebody had to die, but it's also when these things happen, it, 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 it makes the people like myself and other people are so comfortable in this hobby sit back and, ta- and take a look and say, wait a minute, hmm. you know, maybe we're not doing something right. You know, it, <clears throat> now, if again, a person that had time, it would be interesting to go back, and I don't know how far back the records would go, that you could find – a history of this happening in the past. Now, this has gone on for and, uh, years. With the, you know, the, 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 the oak and ash and hickory spokes, which are the best. Yeah. Because you'll get some, some, and they, some old fart will insist, ah, the oak spokes, they're stronger. But if you talk to the experts or read about everyone says you use the hickory spokes. Or, you know, and I didn't know either, uh, uh, some company made, and they're out there, and they aren't that expensive. They they made um, steel spokes. You could get replacement steel spokes for your hmm. Model T, and they're still around, and they aren't that overly expensive. The downside is, of course, they're heavy. Yeah. Well, on that, let's take our final break. We'll be back on the Classic Car Show right after this. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. 
You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show, and uh, we don't generally, well, I do, and Jim Weber always cringes at the thought of me saying something political, but... Uh, we're going to be blessed by an yeah, Obama. Yeah, just kind of interesting story because it, it is it is the the top story one of them now. Anyway, is Obamacare. Um, my wife, we got a letter from from Hyundai. They've changed the rules, so we thought she was going to be cobra'd until uh, she turned sixty five and could get on Medicare. Well, they've changed all the rules due to Obamacare. She is going to be out of insurance January uh, January one. She will have no health insurance. So you didn't, we didn't know what to do. I called out there and talked to the the, the human resource people, and they told me it's it, it, they changed the rules. Well, so I'm on as my Medicare supplement is I have uh, Kaiser. And they're the number one ranked in the state of Georgia by the Georgia whoever. So I called them up and talked to them and told them the story. Now here's what and that that she she turned 65 in April of next year. Tell me she's and that the girl knew about all these changes and all these rules and all this other stuff. And I said, what I'd like to do is when she turns 65, she's going to take Kaiser as her Medicare supplement as well. I said, I'd like to sign her up for January 1 to her birthday in April. I said, I know you would, but we can't do it. Kaiser has stopped taking on those kind of situations until... The middle of October. I said, well, what does that have to do with it? She said, I'll be honest with you. Nobody knows what's going to happen in Jan- in January the 1st. And these rules, what's going to happen January 1 will be handed out the first week in October. So she said that give our accountants and lawyers a couple maybe three weeks, call no earlier than the middle of October to, to, to see what we are or can do. So we have no idea. Nobody knows. But we are not doing any sort of out-of-the-norm enrollments at this time until January 1. She said, the, the girl at Kaiser said, call back. You know, don't make give give us a couple weeks in October because this crap is going to supposed to be available October first. What's going to happen January first? So she, she just flat said, "I can't sign you up," and she said, "I don't know of anybody that can sign you up now or will sign you up." So if things go to the worst case deal. Uh, she won't have health insurance for three, four months. You know, and she won't have, nor will you have, nor will anybody have the health insurance that we have today. 
as far as coverage is concerned. Well, I think I think the Medicare Medicare supplements will stay the same unless they drastically alter the rules for Medicare. They they are going to drastically well, alter everything. And this is we've been preaching this for but but I just many years. Yeah, I I just thought it, you know you don't really think about it. it it's it's a, until it happens. It, to it, you. It's a blurb <laughs> on television until you try to do something. And I was really shocked that somebody the size of Kaiser Permanente would not sign up anybody because they don't know what to do. They haven't got a clue. They don't know what's going to happen. The uh, answer, we do a show called um, Healthcare Consumerism. And this is the exchanges. I'm sure you've heard at least mm. the term. Do you know what they're all about? No, I don't. <clears throat> I don't think anybody does. Well, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the shows that we've this this show does and and it's very interesting in that it is to an extent and maybe bigger than an extent uh bringing back the capitalism in insurance that was has been missed or taken away and this was the insurance coming up and saying okay we got obamacare but we have to figure out another way to skin the cat and what they're doing is coming back, and what it's going to mean, though, is you you have two two types of exchanges. One is a public exchange, and one is a private exchange. <clears throat> the public exchange, and I, I think I have this right, the public exchange is when a company says, well, Mr. Ronaldo, we're not going to cover you anymore with a health insurance plan that everybody has in in." You're in our business. We're going to give you X amount of money, and you go get your own own thing. That's the private. The public is. We're going to cover you through a public exchange. We're paying X amount, and you get what they give, period. Now, you will look at it, and it, and you'll say, okay, well, it, it's good. It has this. It has that. It has so on. But I really want dental as well. Well, at that point, you go out and you become the consumer and you find your own dental program. That's the same thing in the private sector, private exchanges, is that you will go to an insurance company or an exchange, as they'll now be called. Say, I want major medical. I want uh, injury. I want this, I want that, and you design your own plan, and it may cost you 600 a month, it may cost you 2000 a month if you want, you know, everything under the sun. Uh, and, and at that point, the insurance companies or the exchanges will bid for your business. Well, I'll give you all of this, uh, with the exception of hangnails, for 1100 a month. And another company will give you everything, but it's going to cost you fifteen hundred a month. But it's going to be interesting in that uh, the consumer. You know, we've gotten to the point as consumers that we trusted our businesses or we trust whoever we worked for or whatever. That oh yeah, I've got insurance. I'll take care of it. And all I have to do is pay the copay, and I get anything I want. Well, you ain't even getting that today, which I found out about. And the insurance companies can certainly come back. My situation was I was in the hospital uh, three years ago now, and 
two years after I was in, after everything was said and done, I get a bill from the hospital because the insurance company had decided not to pay for part of it. So the hospital comes back to me and expects payment, which I found out is illegal, but they did it anyway. Um, the insurance health industry, and, and you're talking about, well, I'll depend on Medicare. Um, well, at this but, point, that's not changing. Yeah, right well, now, but it is going to we, well, because the Medicare is going to go in and you'll have the death panels that have been talked about. And they'll say, well, you've got – You've got stomach cancer and used to on health insurance. Uh, they'd pay three, four hundred thousand, maybe two or three million, and who knows? You might get over it. You have you have uh, stomach cancer today, and the health panel is going to the death panel is going to say, well, you know, he's the chances of him making it are are only ten percent. Put him in a hospice and let him die. And that's happening now, and it's going to happen more and more. Well, every I know day. there's going to be a lot of changes, but I, I, I you know, the, I, the, the only way you really get into this is when you have to, when you have to, I guess, is the state. But it was kind of interesting. We're I, all I, going to have to. Well, unless something happens. Well, that, that'll be after the moon settles in the north, you know. Yeah, but that we don't. You don't know. Like I said, the, this defunded. Movement I'll tell you what, I, this. the people I feel sorry for, you and I, you more than I, still have most of our faculties and, and mental capacities. <laughs> but it's it's the folks that uh, are, are facing this that are in their 70s and in their 80s. And, you know, you, you keep saying, well, Medicare is there. It, you it, know, it's changed. Now. It's going to now, now, today. It has not changed. But and it, and it, it's coming. Big time. You know, you don't you you don't know anything yet. With what I with the thing that that, that I with this this government, you can't plan on anything being true. You, well, I mean, you, I mean it, everything is subject to change. <laughs> yeah, I mean this that they've already shown their colors on uh, Obamacare, and they've shown their colors with Congress on Obamacare. Yeah, okay. I like that. That that's a that's a good one too. Well, our our people and us are we're exempt now. Yeah, we're we're too important. We're we're we're, we're better than you are yes. is what they're saying. Yes, of course. And uh, we know more than you do, and so we're not going to. So anyway, but but you know, I I it's just uh, bottom line is I as you know I'm not very political on a lot of this stuff, and you've known that for a long time, but but. Um, you know, we, we, this is something that you really need to 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 keep up on because this is going to have a big effect. And I never realized it till I called because I thought it was just going to be a phone call. Oh, yeah, here, here's what it's going to cost you till April. And then after April, it's going to cost this. I figured that's what they were going to say. But Wrong. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. We can't do anything. That's what was weird. Um, well, and I'm telling you, it's going to get – Worser and worser. Uh, quickly, be, before we go, today the all the Model A clubs are having a flea market uh, at Kofer, uh, Kofer's Garage over in the Lawrenceville area. You can look it up. Uh, if, you are, if you're in the Atlanta area and you are a Model A guy, that's something that you might want to consider. I like flea markets better than car shows anyway. I, I like rust. 
Flea markets. Yeah. How big yeah. are the fleas? It's a, usually a pretty good sum, but it's all Model A stuff. Only Model A stuff. Well, uh, Yeah, I'm going to go. I've got two, three guys who are meeting at Lowell's and, and uh, leaving our cars there and riding over uh, to, to, to do that as soon as I leave here. Have you uh, twisted Mr. Lowell into uh, getting a classic car yet? He's got his... He's got his, uh, his um, that old black truck. Yeah. El Camino. El Camino. I couldn't. Well, I went blank on that. Uh, yeah, he's got his El Camino. Have you talked him into? Uh, yeah, he's so busy. He doesn't. He can't. He's just covered up. Fixing those transmissions. Yeah. Well, I tell you, if, if somebody wants a transmission fixed, Lowell is the Mr. Yes. Transmission is and the place Sandy to go. Springs is, and he's a nice, honest guy. Yeah. That you don't find very much no. anymore. And he stands by his, his stuff. And I, 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 you know, like you said, you don't you don't hear that much anymore. Well, Steve, thank you for coming in. We have done it to another show. I guess Mr. Weber will be in next week, and you'll be in Flat North Rock, Carolina. Yeah, for a tour. Just don't let the cow do anything on that Flat Rock. Yeah, you got it. Okay, we'll see you next week, folks. Take care. Okay.